0: We have garden information here to answer your questions, your problems, your things that's going on in your head. You think, now, why do I do that? How do I do that? What's the best way of doing this other thing? My advice is based on research, based on science, based with a little bit of experience. Moved in there a little bit when I have had experience with it. I will tell you what I know. We go to the phones now, for, again, 404 And we try in the morning at 730 to have as many beginner gardener questions as we possibly can. Nate fits that description to a T. Nate's in Tucker, Georgia. Hey, Nate, good morning. Morning. Uh, well, we just bought a house in Tucker. Uh, the backyard has about seven trees and is covered in kudzu and pine straw. <laughs> all right. Um, and we are clearing all of that out. And um, the house faces about southeast. Um, and we're trying to figure out what grass to plant and when okay. to plant it. You're going to take all the trees out, is that right, Nate? you going to take them all down. We're going to try to. That's um, right there. there's about six or seven uh pines, pines and two sweet gums. Okay, I can't think the world would be any better off to have those pines or sweet gums stay, so <laughs> yeah, take them down. Um, if you said maple or maybe you know hickory or something, well, we might think about that a little bit, but. Sweetgum trees are a nuisance because of the balls, and pine trees are a nuisance because they just, yeah, I don't know, pine trees just don't do anything for me. But we're going to take them off, which means to me, Nate, that you'll have full sun back there, right? Full sunshine in the backyard. We should. It, um, the only thing that would block it would be the deck that's back there. Uh, it's like a 12-by-22-foot deck, okay. Um that'd be about it. Okay, we're fine. That's the biggest thing, the biggest question to ask always when you're starting a lawn or when you're redoing an existing lawn, how much sunshine do I get because you match the grass to the amount of sunshine you get? No matter how badly you want to grow Bermuda if you're in the shade, it is not going to grow there. And no matter how how badly you want to grow fescue in the sunshine in full baking sunshine with no irrigation in the, in the summertime, fescue is not going to be happy in full sunshine. So in full sunshine, Nate, I think you've got one, two, three pretty good choices. There are Bermuda grass, Zoysia grass, Centipede grass for full sunshine. And the differences between the the three are somewhat in the color. Centipede is more of a grayish green than the other two are. But centipede doesn't require a lot of maintenance at all. It doesn't require being mowed a lot. It doesn't require a lot of fertilizer. Centipede is just one of those creeping grasses. sits where it's supposed to go. It's not invasive or anything. So there are advantages, advantages to centipede lawns. than Bermuda grass, that's the one where it's deep green, and all your friends come over and say, wow, Nate, look at your backyard. That's really green back there. You say, yeah, that's my Bermuda back lawn. <laughs> you brag on it to them. Uh, many Bermudas, on the other hand Are started from sod Sod is not as cheap as seed is And so it's expensive More expensive to lay Bermuda sod Than it is to sort start a lawn from seed Zoysia, our third grass, zoysia There are a lot of sodded varieties But there are a couple of seeded zoysias So if you wanted to save money You could conceivably seed the backyard with zoysia And save a little money that way Although it will take a, a little bit of time for the seed to germinate, for it to get thick and to cover over. So you have to worry about mud and, you know, things like that. There's the time the seed is is establishing itself. Let's go to the least expensive here. Very likely, it's going to be zoysia seed. The most commonly available zoysia seed is called Zenith, Z-E-N-I-T-H, Zenith Zoysia. Uh, the time to plant is not now because it has to have warm soil to germinate rapidly and Uniformly so we don't even think about it until early May when the soil is really nice and warm You sit on it for a while and not get cold, but then that's when the uh, Zoysia seed is happy is early May and I've got details on all this stuff on my website Nate, so I'm not going to go over all the details of how to start a seeded Zoysia lawn So you can go to WalterRees.com, just type in Zoysia and it'll take you to the pages you need but um, the basic thing about beforehand on soil preparation, I do want to go a little bit, too. You have plenty of time now, Nate, to do a soil test or to have the University of Georgia do a soil test for you. All you have to do is get the soil. And the way to do a soil test or have one done is uh, go to my webpage. i got another webpage for you. It's georgiasoiltest.com. Okay. And georgiasoiltest.com has the details on how to do a soil test, who to send it to, et cetera. If you run by a pike nursery, you're not too far from the Tocco Hill Pike. Usually, pike nurseries have soil test bags and instructions from the University of Georgia. They're on the front cashier counter, so you can run by there or call them first, maybe, and ask to make sure you can go by and get one from them or you can order it from georgiasoiltest.com page. Either way, it works. Um, and the soil test, when it comes back to you in just a few days, will tell you, Nate, how much lime. That's important, how much lime, what kind of fertilizer you need for your zoysia, um, some ideas on whether you need to add more magnesium to the soil What kind of soil? What kind of fertilizer analysis is best for starting seed it Gives a lot of good information there So I really encourage you to do a soil test now before May So you have some information of how much lime should be mixed in And some things like lime can be mixed in right now You just dig it in, till it in, spread it, let the rain dissolve it in, whatever you like But now's a good time to get all that done before you plant the seed in spring all right, perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling, Nate. It was great talking to you. Thanks, Walter. Have a good day. You bet. We'll see you soon. Gail, Dawsonville. Hey, Gail, good morning. Good morning. I need to prune back my fig tree. It's uh, probably called a two-story house. Oh, yeah. Fine for that step. How do I trim it back, like two-thirds and mm. at the branches or above the fork? And you want to prune it, Gail, the fig, because it's just too big. Is that right? Correct. Um, we can prune the fig, no, no doubt about that. But here's some techniques that will make you more likely to have figs this year and not skip a year because severe pruning on a fig will shock the buds and shock what's left of the tree and think it's more teenagers than old productive fig bush. So when you do your pruning, make your cuts just beyond an existing limb. Don't leave any stubs, because the stubs will re-sprout, sure, but those new juvenile sprouts that come out are the ones that will tell the rest of the shrub, rest of the fig, say, we're all 14 years old, and, and literally, I mean in human terms, we're teenagers, and we are not ready yet to bloom to have figs for gale. So what you want to do is make a pruning cut just beyond an existing limb so that all the energy... that's left on the fig will go out into that existing limb and won't be nearly as much teenage growth, juvenile growth on it. Try as best you can, and I know it's tall and it's wide as well, but do as best you can to remove the tall stuff and try to leave as much horizontal branching as you can because horizontal branches are the ones that make the fig. So don't have any (laughs) tall, tall, tall ones if you need to prune them down during the year the tall ones again would be the ones to choose to go and the horizontal ones to leave alone at least until you've harvested figs and then prune it after you've had your figs and eaten them and following up on our question about pruning the uh fig just a moment ago we've got bonnie in beaufort who wants to have a little question about pruning a crepe myrtle which i certainly have things to talk about crepe myrtles hey bonnie good morning Good morning, Walter. Hi. I have about a 20-year-old crape myrtle that's, that's tall, yeah. and it's been wonderful. Um, but it was murderized about <laughs> this, uh, nine years ago, right before I bought the home, and I've been restructuring it. Now I've got too many vertical branches going up on this thing. In general, and this is not particular for your case, but in general, what I remove from a crape myrtle in the wintertime are the bushy parts in the middle that are not going to bloom very much at all. So it sort of thin out the middle a little bit, removing... Usually I would take limbs all the way down to their base, not clipping them in half, but take them all the way down to their base, cut them off there, and uh, if it's and, sort and of... leave a collar on it, right? Yeah, we'll, leave a little collar we'll, we'll, when you make the okay. pruning cut. And then uh-huh. the, as long as the tree seems relatively open in the middle and has not a real thick outer shell that'll shade the inside, Leave it at that, or you can do what some people call finger pruning, which is you take everything smaller than a finger out of the tree, go down to whatever point it becomes bigger than a finger, cut everything above that point away, and that, that'll give you a pretty nice looking crepe myrtle, too. Okay, what's I appreciate it. Thank you. All uh, right, sure, buddy. Thanks for calling.